these questions a lot that products like Ruby, like robots are going to replace teachers, but that is never a case because these products, we call them cobots, which means they collaborate with people. They still yeah. need the human assistance. And we actually see this creates a lot more opportunities and open more doors because we see the classrooms here, you know, a, a lot of classrooms and schools already have, for example, internet access. They have enough, you know, curriculum or, or time to teach kids. But at the same time, in other countries, a lot of these opportunities are not available. You know, a lot of teachers cannot go to certain places to teach to children. We already have 69 million teacher shortage in the world. So just imagine like one of these can become an extension to teacher to help teacher to be able to educate more children around the world. Welcome to the Data Binge Podcast, a library of discussions with technologists and business leaders focusing on the human relationship with technology. Three, two, one, deploy. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's discussion. As always, I'm sending you as much positivity and optimism in your journey today and wishing the best of health to you and your loved ones. Today's episode is a Simply Tech Live interview featuring my co-host, Ali Mazahari, on the show and our special guest, Elnaz Saraf. Elnaz is the founder and CEO of Roybee, an investor-backed ed tech company that raised $4.2 million in its seed round, focusing on early childhood education and self-guided learning through artificial intelligence. Roybee is the creator of Roybee Robot, an interactive language learning tutor for children three and older, featuring 500 plus lessons, 70 subject categories, and 70,000 vocabularies that grow over time with your child. Roy B. Robot was featured in Time Magazine's 100 Best Inventions of 2019 and recognized in the 2019 World Changing Ideas list by Fast Company and is on the 2019 CNBC Upstart 100 list as one of the world's most promising startups. Roy B. Robot's mission is quite clear to provide a personalized learning experience for every child, highlighting their unique abilities and interests. Even I was a bit skeptical of AI technology and early child education, of course, having young kids myself, but I think you will find like I did throughout the discussion, the conversation really opens your mind in new ways to new capabilities that are good for your child new learning foundations that could be good for your child, new learning mindsets and, and frameworks. I'll also have to admit that this is on my Christmas list. Roybe Robot is on my Christmas list for this year. So I'm going to have to go ahead and, and send a message to, to Elnaz to see if I can get a discount on this product. <laughs> Elnaz grew up as a woman in Iran and due to her personal experiences around cultural limitations of opportunities, she was inspired to create technology that would empower others. And you can really feel this in Elnaz's passion as she navigates the discussion. Elnaz has over 15 years of experience as a serial entrepreneur and also led and co-founded iBaby, a consumer electronics IoT company and leader in the baby monitor industry. Elnaz has been awarded numerous honors, 
including being selected as a NASDAQ Entrepreneurial Center milestone maker. She was also included in the Silicon Valley Women of Influence by the Silicon Valley Business Journal in 2017 and recognized as a Female Entrepreneur of the Year by Women World Awards in 2017. Most recently, Elnaz has been invited to be an official member of the Forbes Technology Council. You can find more information about Elnaz and Royby Robot at RoybyRobot.com. We really hope you enjoy the discussion. At the very least, we hope it helps you think differently about how AI can potentially empower your children or students to grow and prosper, or how it can augment your own home situation so that you as a parent can take a more present part of your child's education with the help of a robot. This was such a fascinating episode. We really enjoyed the discussion. It's inherent to a lot of the things that are going on today. COVID-19, child education, the rise of robots, technology, all things that I think are important to many, many, many of us. So we really hope you enjoy. If you haven't done so already, please leave a rating and comment on Apple Podcasts if that is indeed how you consume. It helps me continue to create awesome content with great guests that I know you will love. Thank you for listening. And now we bring you Elnaz Saraf. Okay, we are live. Hey, everyone, welcome to this episode of Simply Tech Live. This is your first time tuning in. Simply Tech Live is a broadcast on LinkedIn Live with uh, technologists and practitioners on the evolving landscape of technology. And we have a wonderful guest set up today. I'm your co-host, Derek Russell. And I'll go ahead and introduce my co-host, Ali. What's going on? How are you feeling? Energized, super excited for this. We planned this. I mean, it took us like two months to finally have Elnaz as a guest. So super excited about a topic and what she and you know her team has been doing. We're gonna hear a lot about like how challenges like COVID can bring opportunities for startups and thought leaders like Elnaz. I'm super excited to hear about you know her thoughts on you know the topic of women in technology and you know her struggles as she moved from the same country that I'm from, Iran coming to the U.S. and becoming so successful. So with that, maybe we can have Elnaz to introduce herself and we're going to get into the show. Thanks, Derek and Ellie. I'm very, very excited and honored to be here. Thank you very much. And hi, everyone. Elnaz Saraf. I'm the founder and CEO of Royby, uh, which is the AI-powered educational robot for kids aged 3 to 7 in language learning and basic STEM. We started Royby basically with a mission and focus to change education for little children in early childhood education. And I'm very excited to, to talk with you today and tell you more about what we are doing, the challenges, and what's going to happen in the future. Perfect. So like all the other shows, Derek has some specific question that he's going to ask you. And then I'm going to throw some random curveballs. And hopefully we're going to make it interactive. And for the folks that are on, the, on the, the live chat right now, feel free to send your questions. And Derek, why don't you start? All right. All right. Well, you know, the first question I'd like to ask, Elnaz, is what is giving you energy today? <laughs> Talking with you guys. <laughs> you know, a- every day at Startup, every day is a totally new day. And I'm not joking if I say every hour is a total new day. 
you know, that gives us true energy, being able to know that we are actually working hard towards something that is so important to change the way that children learn and being able to help them to personalize the learning experience and knowing that we are going to have a big impact on this is, is super exciting. We get motivated with the stories we hear about our customers using Roybee, which I can tell you some of them later on. But as I mentioned, the whole startup environment is so different. It is challenging, but also so exciting because every day you have to deal with many different aspects. For example, one day you're, uh, you're just working on challenges on product development. Another hour you're working on operations and resolving for example, even logistics, transportation matters, you know, very little things that so many people don't even think about. You have to deal with every day. And when those challenges are resolved and we can see the bigger picture coming, it makes us really excited and motivated. So challenges. We're talking about these challenges. We're talking about what's going on in education. What specific problem is Roybe Robot solving for? And what do you think about that problem? Like what... Like, what are some ideas you have around solving that problem? You know, when we, we started the, the idea of Roybe, the whole thinking behind it has been to personalize the learning experience for children because no longer it makes sense for kids to be in, in a system that is one size fits all. And the children really deserve to get educated based on their own learning abilities and interests. And that's why the idea of Roby started. But, you know, personalizing education experience is not something new. It has been around, but it is very difficult to create technologies to be able to make a change in this area. But now that we have more advanced technologies like artificial intelligence, it can help us to create better experiences. For example, as we learn more about the child, we can gradually, uh, you know, as they talk to, to Roybe, we can gradually understand what they like, where they need more help. Of course, it's a big vision and it's going to take time because we, with machine learning, for example, it really takes a lot of data, a lot of uh, research and understanding how we can connect the dots and being able to create this personalized experience for children to really focus on their abilities because every child is unique. They have unique sets of skills and it is very important to focus on that. And that's why we saw a need, especially in early childhood education, because it's a very important time in the child's growth and future success as they can learn skills like being able to communicate effectively, being able to learn different sets of skills growing up, it is going to really help them to, to be successful in the future. And that's why we, we started Roybe. Perfect. Uh, we have a lot of good conversation going on. There were a couple of questions that I would like to ask you from sure. the audience. One of them was that, uh, is this solution can be fully personalized, which I think you already answered that question for each child's need, but specifically for children with special needs? Yes, that is a great question. And that is our uh, truly our uh, mission to make it happen. 
in order to focus on children with special needs, we need more data to be able to understand it better. To give you a few examples, uh, right now we do have customers that we know they, um, the children have some sort of speech disorder. We also have some customers that the children have autism, but we are step-by-step working on this to better understand how we can personalize Roybe's technology for these children. Because at some cases, we notice that they sometimes it is a little bit frustrating for them, you know, to go over some answers, to repeat them. Or if there is small delay between the communication, you know, between Roybe and the kids, we need to get a better understanding on our capabilities and how we can help them. And that is on our future plan because, again, these children are unique in their own ways and we need to understand what makes it a better experience for them specifically. We currently have a couple of cases that we are working with a couple of therapists that they work with kids with autism They are gradually guiding us to make some changes even on our content to make uh, this transition or communication uh, actually even better. So So the follow-up... Yes, but gradually. (laughs) Perfect. The follow-up question from Ariane is uh, something that I was going to ask you a more generic or broader topic. And she's asking that, do you feel that you had to convince investors in the beginning about the product? But... Before you answer that question, the question that I have for you. So I came to U.S. about 21 years ago from Iran. I understand the challenges. You know, I pretty much like started from scratch like many others. I would like to, if you don't mind sharing your story, what brought you to this country and, you know, eventually how you end up building this like solution and being an entrepreneur and, you know, owning this startup. Sure, definitely. So I go back to about 15 years ago (laughs) when I actually moved moved to the U.S. I think I was really lucky because I was able to come to the U.S. through our immediate family member, which took them about 20 years for this to happen. Actually, when I moved to the U.S., it was very challenging because, you know, it's a new country, new culture, new people. It's like all of a sudden you completely lose access to everything you knew and you have to start from scratch. And when I moved here, I also saw a lot of opportunities. You know, back in Iran, I I was really fortunate because my parents paid a lot of attention to, to my education. So I, I studied many different things from art to even software engineering and also I studied English. So when I came to to the US, I was able to already talk and understand. So that really helped me a lot. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons I feel I have to give this back to the world, my experience. But when I moved to the US, I, like many other people, I um, continued my study in, in college. And in the meantime, I did a lot of like freelance work. I opened a couple of companies to do many things like design, development. And those actually gave me a lot of experience, learning opportunities. And then after that, I got introduced to my first co-founder, my first company, iBaby, which I'm one of the co-founders. And through that, I was able to launch about 10 different SKUs and products to the market. So I worked with the retailers and, you know, a lot of people, partners globally and specifically with parents. 
as I worked with parents, I learned a lot about their pain points and a lot of research at the same time. Uh, I was able to start working on on Roybi and it has been a blessing, an amazing journey. But also, I I remember you asked questions about investors. But, you know, in in general, I hear people saying, you know, fundraising, some it is difficult. Yes, in in general, fundraising is difficult. It's, It's going to take at least six months to close the round or even get close to it. And it doesn't really matter about the industry, but some industries are a little bit diff- more difficult because, for example, like hardware, we, when we started fundraising, we, we didn't even have the fully functional prototype. So yes, it took a lot of convincing, a lot of communications, but at the end, the investors invested in the team. And that's what I always tell everyone, make sure you have a strong team. Because in the beginning, that's what really matters. That brings a lot of you know value to your company. Because investors know product changes, uh, circumstances changes, but the team, if it's the right team, they can make anything happen. And that's how it actually worked for us. So I'm just thinking about what you're talking about with unique experiences, your comments around autism, and then like your experience from all these other different startups that you're talking about, as well as the empathy that you have for how your parents were super bullish on education and brought you closer to education. When you think about Roybe Robot and what you're already helping some of these children with, like, and you mentioned like the unique, again, the unique experiences, each child has a certain personal experience with learning. Like what's some of the feedback that's coming back in from what's happening with these kids using your product? We get a lot of amazing feedback. Right now, we are just launched a product very recently. So it's hard to get much broader feedback. But at times, you know, we hear a lot of stories from parents that they talk about Roybi. For example, a couple of weeks ago, we heard that, you know, a child who is really shy to talk about her day to, to her parents, she talks immediately with Roybi, just like a friend. She tells Roybi all about her day. And, and we think this is a great impact. Another one we hear, we have a customer with, with autism. And what they did was to implement Roybi within the the therapy sessions and we heard that actually created a lot of excitement of course it needs a a little bit different way of using roiby between those sessions but again we hear great feedback but i also hear you know some some challenges the customers requesting certain features and that makes it very exciting for us because we know that we are making a change it's in the Meetings of, of the work, but with great communication with customers, we can always stay on top of that. I'd love to ask this of Ali, just because this is going to be a fun conversation here. But I was reading, you know, doing some research on, on Roybi and the idea that children look at an item that is personified into more of a human, like, so this robot character children feel more comfortable talking to that robot character. Mm-hmm. I'd love to like just get closer to how you guys envision that. And Ali, you're a real-time parent. Like, what do you think about 
you know, your son talking to a robot growing up? Well, I don't know. <laughs> He's 14 years old right now, so I think he passed that phase. But related to this topic, it's interesting because Elmira just sent a question on the, the live chat. And she's asking if you and the team are collaborating with any universities or research lab to study the long-term effect of children's interaction with the robot. That, that's something that's very related to what Derek asked you. Yes. So we just recently published an article about how we came about designing Ruby. And it took us about four months, many, many variations of designs, because what is really important is, first and foremost, it's, it's about kits. So the, the product needs to be very kid-friendly and also gender-neutral. We wanted to make sure that both girls and boys, when they look at Roiby, they, they actually like to, to play with it. And of course, it has to be pretty small and portable because one of the issues that we saw with a lot of robots out there is that they are very big, heavy, even large display. And based on what we know, parents really want to take the kids off of this displays. So it wouldn't really make any sense for us to do something like that. And based on our research, we also found out that having that large display that has shows certain emotions at certain times, it's not necessarily good because at early ages, a lot of times kids really don't know much about emotions. Maybe something that we think it looks like excitement, maybe the child feels like it's the, the robot is angry, right? So we wanted to eliminate these matters. And after many rounds of revisions, we came up with a design that is simple, friendly, they can hold it and they can take it with them everywhere. In terms of research, no, we don't have uh, university partners, but we are definitely looking for partnerships. Because at the end of the day, what matters is really numbers and how we are actually making an impact and helping kids interacting with Ruby. So in terms of personalization, is this something that, let's say, each parent, they have access to kind of alter the way Ruby interact with their kid? Or are there any limitations? Or how do you guys see this in terms of, you know, how me as a parent can control, you know, what Ruby can do for my kid? So right now, how Roby works is it has a small button on, on here. And when the child presses the button, the lesson starts so they can talk with Roby on many subjects on a daily basis. But for parents or educators, we have our applications. On the app, you can see all the lessons, all the categories already comes with 500 lesson signs and stories. You can play, reschedule, or select your favorite ones based on what your child likes, and that's the interaction. But this is the beginning of it. The whole purpose is that we want to utilize machine learning on our patent pending technology that gradually, based on the lessons, we will know if the child is excited. Let's say the child likes animals. You know, we, we understand that interest because the child constantly plays that lesson. And if the child is not so strong, let's say in math, machine learning can gradually find lessons that the child can, let's say, 
learn counting by counting the animals. That makes it more exciting and engaging for children. Of course, this is a very small example, but on a bigger aspect, that is what gradually is going to happen for uh, personalizing content. And then we can adjust the, the content that is being played on Roiby for that specific child. And this is where, you know, I get excited, right? Uh, when you talk about machine learning, that's what, you know, yes. Derek does day in, day out. And what I would love to ask or, you know, see happening is that perhaps your technical team can work with our technology centers because we help a lot of big and small customers on how to utilize this machine learning and AI using our Azure services. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings a great opportunity to do a couple of things. One, definitely, you know, work with you and the team be able to bring other organizations like universities Absolutely. and basically have this like, you know, better together story that at the end of the day is going to impact so many different kids and different families. Derek, uh, from, from an AI perspective and, you know, how you talk to others or other customers, you know, what opportunities do you see based on what Helen was talking about? You know, I'm just really excited about this thing. And, you know, just when Ali, when you kind of pinged me and Elnaz on LinkedIn, on, I think it was a women in tech article or something. And I started looking at Roy B and I didn't really understand it. And then I started actually went to the website, looked at the story and then understand having my AI ML background, it just kind of, my eyes lit up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. But to Elnaz's point, not because of what's offered today, but because of the data that is flowing through this, this product. And we all know that data is the oxygen for AI. So the, the capabilities that you're, child is going to be able to have the personal experiences as they get smarter, as they develop, I think are super powerful. A couple of things, Elnaz, I wanted to kind of start talking about in the discussion was, you know, education all up and mm-hmm. some of the ways that AI are helping education. I think before we jumped on the call, you mentioned, look, you know, parents are now able to defer some of these teaching items that they're they're having to deal with now and have Roybe actually take those items and be with the child and entertain the child in a learning environment. You know, when you're looking at class sizes, especially in California, yes. 25 person per teacher in K through 12, 35 in high school, a parent or a teacher doesn't have the one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. So in the context of education, like what are your thoughts for the future? I'm, I'm really glad you, you asked this because, you know, especially with, with the current circumstances, more and more we see that products like Roybee are truly needed to help children give this like individual attention. The education system is not expandable. You know, teachers are already overwhelmed. They already work hard, you know. But the problem is it is really hard to work with every kid individually. You know, you mentioned the the number of students in classroom in the U.S., but in many cases, many other countries, for example, like in China, in one classroom or even back in Iran, I still remember maybe there were like 67 students in one classroom. And that's crazy. You know, how can you divide your attention to all these children and being able to even understand each child's individual potentials? So we see that Roiby can really become an extension to teachers to go anywhere around the world, within the classroom, from classroom, goes to home, comes back, 
And the teachers can also gradually in the future, this is on uh, in progress, that they can add their own content to Roybe and create this classroom experience within Roybe itself. We also hear that most likely if the kids actually do their homework through Roybe, it's going to be much easier than teachers or parents constantly being on top of it. And then Roybe creates reports so they can see the progress. And based on that, they, they can analyze how the child is doing. So as you were kind of talking and having this dialogue with Derek, a couple of thoughts came to my mind. One was we had this amazing talk with Ed, which <laughs> Derek knows, you know, <laughs> which session we're talking about. And it was all really about putting empathy in design and anything related to AI. There is a lot of conversation on conscious bias when you think about, you know, the, the models and algorithms and everything that's being used with everything that is going on these days things about, you know, social injustice and all the challenges and, you know, COVID. As you guys thinking about evolving Roybe and adding more ML and AI capabilities, what are you guys doing in that aspect? And, you know, whether this is the opportunity to, let's say, work with Microsoft, not just from the technical aspect of it, but for us, let's say, you know, uh, from Ed's team or Microsoft Research to bring our learnings and be able to make this, you know, the Roybe even a better solution for the kids. Absolutely. That definitely would be amazing because we actually face some really important challenges in, when it comes to AI. And I believe it takes a lot of time and data in order to go beyond that. For example, we don't really understand the diversity, you know, when it comes to AI. It's just literally it's like for now, it's just one path and this is it. Even another challenge is when it comes to even English accents in different countries, we constantly have this trouble. For example, when we, we send Roybe to Australia, they have they, they speak English, but the accent is very different. So Roybe has some challenges to understand this. But as we gather more data and partner with organizations like Microsoft and get help from universities to help us gather more information, process this data and implement it into our engine, all these gradually can get resolved. But of course, it takes time. And there's always a joke that goes around saying AI is racist, <laughs> which makes me laugh because it's not that. The problem is we don't have enough information, enough data. And then on top of that, we have to deal with policies like children's privacy policy. We can barely even gather enough information to address, make Roy more equal in, in terms of age, race, accent. So, of course, as we, we want to grow, make the, the product better, we, we can only make this happen through partnerships. I like the, uh, so the AI, AI is racist is it's a, it's a, hurt, it's a, it's funny and it's, but mm -hmm. I, I think, I think the data is racist, you know, yeah. because the, the, the diversification of data isn't there and harvesting data is expensive. And I, I had a podcast episode with Noelle Silver and she talks about diversity and diversity of data, diversity of folks on the team building those models. And then diversity, going back to what you said, of the children and the market and the folks that are actually using the product. Another thing I'm thinking about with just AI, like we're focusing a lot on the differentiation of the learning experience for the child. 
but there's so much other opportunity, like, you know, grading papers or Mm -hmm. giving children these learning experiences to empower the teacher, not specifically focused on the child, but like, how do we focus back to the teacher? How do we focus back to the parent? Do you see room for teachers being enabled more in the actual classroom by something like Roy B? Absolutely. We get these questions a lot that products like Ruby, like robots are going to replace teachers, but that is never a case because these products, we call them cobots, which means they collaborate with people. They still need the human assistance. And we actually see this creates a lot more opportunities and open more doors because we see the classrooms here, you know, a, a lot of classrooms and schools already have, for example, internet access. They have enough, you know, curriculum or, or time to teach kids. But at the same time, in other countries, a lot of these opportunities are not available. You know, a lot of teachers cannot go to certain places to teach to children. We already have 69 million teacher shortage in the world. So, Just imagine like one of these can become an extension to teacher to help teacher to be able to educate more children around the world. And that is an amazing opportunity, in my opinion. And uh, it's not going to happen immediately. But as we work with teachers, even right now, we, we work with teachers, we get their advice about our content, they help us to navigate through it, even based on different standards and common core and systems that we have. I can really see that Roybe becoming part of the system to help teachers to access more opportunities in in many different regions in the world. But to make that happen, we have to guide teachers. We have to show them, teach them how these technologies work. And that's going to take some time, but definitely coming. So two questions that are related to this topic from the audience. One of them is that there's always this risk of kids getting used to interacting with Roby comparing mm-hmm. to like, you know, working with the parents or teacher. Are there any like checks in the design that, you know, detects those behavioral like, you know, anomalies and be able to alert the parents that, hey, you know, for example, your kids is spending too much time with Roby, right? Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, be able to set like what we have with iPhone to screen time or something like that. And the other part, there was a question from Henny asking that, you know, can you come up with examples of how you can personalize the education for children? Is this something that your team collaborate with school districts or this is going to be per teacher or it's going to be based on your parents' discretion? Sure. So in terms of the timing we teach Roy, we actually limited our lessons to less than five minutes each. And that is in purpose because we want to make sure the interaction is not too long. Plus, the attention span of children is very limited. And we want to make sure during that short time, they have the best experience practicing with Roy Another area we we decided to, to work on is that we limit the number of lessons during certain time. For example, we only show, let's say, 20 lessons. And those 20 lessons, maybe they're only seven days. We have 20 lessons. 
And we don't even allow the kids to pass those lessons and go to the next ones. And again, this is in purpose. You want to make sure they don't work too much with Roybi. But at the same time, every child is different. So it will be a little bit challenging to say 20 minutes is, for example, enough for all of them. We think this is something that parents, educators, and uh, children at the same time need to basically figure out based on the child's abilities. And that's why we haven't put certain limitations, but uh, we also don't allow them to go over all of our information and lessons at the same time. So that's one area. And in, in terms of the content, how we envision this happening in terms of adding curriculum content we would work with, with teachers, universities, or schools, or even third-party developers to add their own content within Roybi. And that tool is going to be available very soon. It, uh, we will be working with individual teachers or schools to make this happen. So one idea that you brought up before we started the show was you know, how we can integrate with Roybi backend system, let's mm -hmm. say with something like Microsoft 365, yes. Yes. Uh, that let's say, you know, the teacher and the schools are already using to be able to kind of feed that content. That that's, to me, that's going to be another way that definitely we can collaborate and ideate to see what we can do. But what other thoughts or what other areas uh, your team is currently thinking or working on and what's next for you? The biggest area for sure is to, to be able to develop this tool to make sure that we fit into the, the teacher's curriculum and the content that they are working on on a daily basis. But the second area that we are really focusing on in terms of technology is to develop our edge AI, which removes the dependency on internet connection when children uh, interact with Roy. Of course, that's a very, very complicated area. In February, we acquired technology that's called KidSense AI, and that allowed us to integrate and add a lot of data, about 3,500 hours of machine training on this ASR engine, which is the Automatic Speech Recognition Engine, be able to do the on-device recognition for Roby rather than constantly collect, uh, connecting to the cloud and coming back. That reduces the delays, and then Roby can go to areas that they do not have internet access, and that creates huge opportunity. Added to our development tool for, for curriculum, it's going to become completely game-changer, and we are really excited to see where it goes. Oh my God. See, now I'm becoming a geek <laughs> that I love, right? To be all the time, but I can. Yeah. This, you know, the, the AI on the edge is going to be super key. And, you know, we have a ton of capability like uh, our cognitive services that you can run this locally as a container. Uh, again, that's something that you're going to talk about open source and, you know, how everything can integrate together. I mean, to me right now, the idea of like, exploring those solutions to make it more localized and also, you know, on the edge is yeah. going to be like awesome. Yes, absolutely. I don't know about you, Derek. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it removes a lot of limitations that currently a lot of technologies have because they, they are dependent on internet connection, 
and or, or even computers, but this is going to remove a lot of those challenges and create more opportunities. One of our colleagues in the IoT team, his name is Dean Beth. He's just really fantastic guy. And he came on the podcast to, to be interviewed. And he talked about this pendulum swing of you know data centers versus cloud, edge versus cloud. And, and some of these devices, like you know autonomous vehicles, you know, if they're traveling down a street at 100 miles an hour, they don't have time to make yeah. a round trip to the cloud. They need to compute on the edge. So this, this whole hybrid world, which of course, us at Microsoft, we're just extremely biased about. We love hybrid. But it's just such an interesting use case. And it's fascinating that you guys are already thinking about that in it, when it comes to educating children. So I just had one last question because I know we're, ha- we're running tight on time. You know, I have a daughter... She's three and a half. I have a son who's two. And I know Ali, you're, you're, you have a grown man living in the house. But parents, and when I, again, when I started looking at Roy B, I, I was so fascinated because I felt like not only is the technology, I love the technology, but it's needed, especially for my kids. And, and I'm really looking at how do we, like, like your parents did, how do we become better parents and bring our kids closer to education? What advice do you have for parents who, even parents that aren't going to buy technology, but like, what advice do you have on all fronts about helping their children with their personalized learning curriculums? I think in general, it is hard for parents to really be involved in day-to-day education experience for, for their kids because they have to work. There's so many other things to take care of. And even especially now these days, I can hear a lot of challenges from parents and how Ruby was able to, to help them. And as an advice, you know, I, I, I think every parent should be able to understand their, um, their children's potential. And based on that, being able to create some interaction and fun engagement. Again, it is difficult because especially with so much going on with the parents, uh, I think there are also a lot of like communities that teachers can give advice to parents in order what's the, what's the best practices to create this personalized experience with, with children. I would say spend about 20 minutes talking with your children to understand what they are interested about, if there are subjects that they need more help. Maybe you can find more engaging programs. There are a lot of products, like not just Roybee, but of course, some apps and courses that they can implement. But again, I think if parents can also talk to each other, they may be able to find even better ways to collaborate and create this community that they can come together and share advice on how they can interact uh, and work with their kids, especially now these days that the kids have to be homeschooled. (laughs) So uh, I think it's more about the community and getting some advice and getting to know your kid much better. Well, one thing for sure, we need to have Roby at our technology center. <laughs> Thank yes. you. That would be that's, amazing. That's right. <laughs> yes. The second part of it is, uh, there was another question from Annie. She, she has a startup, but she was asking whether if you have any advice for, you know, especially when we think about, you know, women in tech and uh, as an entrepreneur, how they can become successful. And, you know, what, what is your advice if somebody wants to start, let's say, today? 
in regards to starting startup, I, I have to say it is very, very exciting, but also expect a lot of challenges because every day things change. Before we go live, I was just talking about it. It's like every day is very different and you need to be able to navigate between many different areas from, let's say, one day you are selling your company to investors, basically, or even selling your team. The other day you have to work on product development. And to be successful, I, I always believe, first of all, success is different for everybody. So everyone has different way of thinking about how they're successful. But also, I think everything is in your head. So the more you believe you can do it and all the challenges that come to you, you may get like 200 no's. And that's what happened to us as well. Like literally 200 no's and rejections from investors. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> everything completely changed. And that would be my advice. Be persistent. You know your business and market better than anybody else. And also really focus on your team and making sure you have the right team to, to be able to continue with you in all the good and bad days. <laughs> this is awesome. Listen, we're out of time. We can have this conversation for hours with you. Yes. You are great. You are amazing. Thank you for giving us your time. I know you have another session right after this for your pitch. So I'm looking forward to have you back very soon. So hopefully we can talk more about how, you know, Microsoft can collaborate with, you know, your team and talk about more great stuff related to Roby. So with that, if you have any final words, let's go through it. And Derek, I think we can wrap up this broadcast. Thank you. I, I really appreciate this opportunity and your support and amazing things you said about Roy B. We, we really can't wait to open the door to more opportunities for, for children and really help them to be successful in the future. And of course, we would love to discuss partnerships. And if also anybody has questions about technology, education, AI, I am always available. They can find me on LinkedIn and more than happy to respond back. Thank hey, you very thank much. You. Yeah, this was so wonderful. Thank you, Elnaz. And for folks that are watching, please, if you're not already, follow us on LinkedIn at Simply Tech Live on LinkedIn. Very easy. And we'll have more amazing conversations like the one we're having today. So thank you so much for watching. And Elnaz, thank you for joining. We really appreciate thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and having some fun with us in the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me on LinkedIn or at DRUSS Network, D-R-U-S-S Network on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also reach out to me anytime via email at Derek at thedatabinge.com. The Data Binge podcast is a personal thought form where we share knowledge and ideas, views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of my employer, Microsoft. I really hope you enjoyed. Thanks a lot.